Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Hey, good evening, everyone. Coming to you live from Echo Mike 69. It's Ham Talk Live, episode number 135. Portable satellite operation with Patrick WD9EWK recorded live on Thursday, October 4th, 2018. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ham Talk Live tonight. We're joined by Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, Christian Kudnick, K0STH, was here to talk about Fallout 3 from 100 Watts and a Wire, and if you missed that, you can listen anytime. Just go to hamtalklive.com, or you can catch the podcast version over on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. We're also over on YouTube, and uh, speaking of, Fallout is next weekend, October 12th through the 14th, so uh, we encourage everybody to get on and uh, enjoy the weather and uh, enjoy fall and enjoy your radio, so um, don't forget about Fallout uh, coming up October 12th through the 14th. Um, bear with me here. We have a few announcements tonight. There's a lot going on here in October. I think it's... Uh, just uh, you know, fall coming up and, and cooler temperatures and and more radio stuff going on. So um, there's a lot of things here to talk about. One thing um, we did want to mention is that the Ham Talk Live limited edition T-shirts are now on sale. The way they went on sale. Um, I think it was on Monday we put those up. Um, we had a request from some of the satellite community for a satellite-themed shirt and uh, did a little Twitter poll and uh, finally uh, selected a saying to put on the back. The winner was, may the grid square be yours. Kind of a play on the may the good DX be yours, which is a play on may the good news be yours from our friend Les Nessman. So anyway, it says, may the good, may the grid square be yours. And if you want to order a shirt, there's a Google form for that. Um, you can go to Facebook or Twitter and it's the pinned, um, 
post there on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll give you a link to the order form, or you can go to hamtalklive.com and click on the show schedule link. And uh, on the show schedule, there is a link to the Google form, and then uh, you'll have to PayPal the uh, the cost of that. Uh, but uh, all the instructions are there. So if you'd like one of those limited edition shirts, uh, we're going to give everybody um, two or three weeks, and then uh, we'll get the order put in, and then uh, once they're done, I'll send them out to you. So um, make sure you check that out if you like. Uh, some other on-air activities coming up. School Club Roundup is October 15th through the 19th, so I'll be uh, – uh, working overtime every day uh, with the school club roundup and uh, encourage you to get on the air and talk to all the schools that are on that week, um, primarily on HF, but uh, also on, on some of the local stuff too. So, um, And then Jamboree on the Air is that weekend after school club roundup, and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, the guys from uh, Joda will be here uh, on the show, so we'll be talking about that more. But uh, that's coming up. That's big for youth as well. And then uh, the other note, uh, the ARRL division director ballots are starting to arrive in the mail. And if you're an ARRL member in the Central, Hudson, New England, Northwestern, or Roanoke divisions, you should be receiving a ballot soon. So be sure you vote. And uh, the ballots are due back to Newington by November 16th. So please watch your mail for the, your ballot. If you don't receive one, make sure you let ARRL staff know. Otherwise, they're just going to assume you received it and they won't know that anything is wrong. And, and so that... Uh, you know, you need to let them know if that does happen. So, uh, get your questions ready to go. And after the interview, you can uh, give us a call. I'll go ahead and give you the phone number so you can write it down. It's 812 net ham one, eight, one, two, six, three, eight, four, two, six, one. Or you can Skype us or ham talk live on Skype, or you can tweet us on Twitter at ham talk live. And, um, we're going to talk to Patrick for a little bit, tell a few stories and then, uh, We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and take your calls. So um, we'll get Patrick on the line here and be back after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Hey, honey, have you seen the PL259s anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquid sale. Buy nine solder type PL259s. Get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a ham fest near you or online at pl-259.com. 
And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL259 connectors? Sorry for the delay. Your host, Neil Rapp, is reading a book on anti-gravity and he just can't put it down. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show again tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. Coming up this weekend, it's Belton, Texas. That's uh, tomorrow and Saturday. And then October 20th, Greenville, Tennessee, and October 27th in LaGrange, Georgia. But they're always at pl-259.com. So check that out. Well, our guest tonight is Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK and VA7EWK. He's operated all sorts of modes on HF, uh, sideband, CW, PSK31, RIDI, Amtor, Pactor, HF packet, 10 meter FM, you name it. And uh, also VHF and UHF, some sideband even, and of course FM, and operating through amateur radio satellites and the International Space Station. He became a ham in 1977 and obtained his Canadian license in 2002. Uh, Patrick is an AMSAT ambassador, which is a volunteer representing AMSAT at ham fests and other ham-related events. He's done that since 2006 and continues to serve AMSAT in that role. He's been an Alternate member of AMSAT's board of directors uh, from 2011 to 2013 has, has served in other appointments with AMSAT over the past 10 years, and uh, he's regarded as a top source for current information about satellites, and he's been kind enough to be on the show tonight. So, Patrick, welcome to Ham Talk Live. Thanks for having me on, Neil. We've we've been talking before the show, and already we've talked longer than we normally do because it's usually WD nine EWK WB nine VPG Echo Mike six nine. <laughs> yeah, much longer than usual on the radio. Yep. Okay. So there we go. There's the show. Good night, folks. No, no, no. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of nice to actually be able to uh, to talk a little bit because um, those satellite contacts are, are pretty quick. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, it's been fun to uh, to get going on, on the satellite stuff for me, and uh, it is a bit of a challenge, uh, but there's some there's some easy uh, ways to, to start out, and portable is a fun way to go with this, and you've logged literally thousands of miles doing this. So what are your best tips for people who want to try out satellite and specifically portable satellite operation? Well, the big thing is to practice, you know, don't just assume I can hook up a radio and an antenna and I'm going to make contacts. I suppose that happens, but it just takes practice like anything else in ham radio. Uh, you learn the technique for operating, you get your equipment together, do a little listening to hear how activity goes on the different satellites, and then jump in. Uh, the easiest thing would be if you're listening on a pass and you hear somebody making some contacts, call that station, uh, as opposed to announcing yourself over and over and over again. And in my case, 
I I operate with the same equipment I use on the road as I do at home. I don't have a a proper station at home for satellites or, or anything ham radio. So when it comes to satellites, I'm doing the same thing in my front yard or backyard as I would on the side of a highway out in the Arizona or California desert or on a dry lake bed in Mexico or when I've gone to Canada and Australia over the years. So what do you think are the, um, the most important things for somebody starting out um, operating portable? What, what do you think are the most critical things that they need to, to do as far as, as getting on the bird? Well, as with any satellite operating, knowing when the passes are coming by, but operating portable you know, away from home, for example, uh, be safe in what you're doing. Uh, usually, it's not wise—you know—it's not wise and probably illegal to park along the shoulder of an interstate highway or U.S. highways unless you're broken down. So, you know, find a safe spot to operate, even if that means you're not going to be on the prime uh, grid boundary or four-grid intersection. You know, be safe. Uh, you don't want to cause, cause yourself problems with the authorities. You don't want other people to uh, run into problems because of where you've set up to operate. Now, out here in the West, there's a lot of desert, but not all desert is you know, free and open for operating. You know, federal lands, state lands, tribal lands, private property, uh, everybody takes their property seriously. So, you know, Find, find a safe spot. You know, atlases were good, and now Google Maps really helps uh, in trying to pinpoint good places to go and, of course, have a good view to the sky wherever you go to operate. All right. Well, you mentioned the authorities, and we've already had a little fun with this before the show tonight. But uh, you've had uh, a couple of uh, couple of, of questionable looks we'll say uh from some law enforcement while you've been operating so so these are some good stories so so tell us about uh about your adventures with uh nsa oh <laughs> of course you'd ask about that uh, in 2014 <laughs> in 2014 amsat had its annual symposium in baltimore at a hotel next to bwi airport which happened to be in an in an office park area called Friendship Annex. Friendship Annex is the annex for the NSA, the National Security Agency. They're headquartered, you know, between Baltimore and Washington, but they have a series of buildings in this office park you know, with fences around them. They're very well secured. But the hotel that was in this area was the site of the symposium. And what do AMSAT people do at symposiums oftentimes? We go outside and operate. So uh, the first the first morning there, I went outside and worked FO29 and AO7 with two FT817s sitting on top of my rental car. And as I was finishing up the two passes, I was surrounded by a couple police cruisers. And once they pulled up, I saw on the sides of the police cruisers, they said National Security Agency Police. And the officers came out and asked me for identification, asked me what I was doing. And as I was answering the officer who was asking questions, the other officer was scribbling everything I said down on a notepad. 
which led to a third officer showing up after a few minutes who started asking me questions like, what frequency was I transmitting on? What frequency was I receiving on? What mode of transmission was I using? I don't know if the officer knew radio or amateur radio or he was given questions to ask. Regardless, answered the questions, and after about 20 minutes of sitting out in this parking lot with all of them, I was told that I wasn't breaking any laws, which I figured I wasn't being in the hotel (laughs) parking lot. But it was good to get confirmation, <laughs> and and the officer encouraged me to go up the road about a half mile away from the hotel and the office uh, office park area. Uh, throughout the rest of the weekend, a bunch of us went out to the hotel parking lot and operated. And one time, we had a half a dozen different stations operating from parking lots, and we were being watched by the NSA police, but nobody ever came by to question us after that first encounter. I explained why I was there, had my symposium credential, and I'm sure they could have confirmed with the hotel or a simple Google search what was going on. <laughs> so you get some some strange looks, and, and you know, that, that does happen from time to time, and um, I know fox hunting sometimes uh, you get out in a mall parking lot and here comes the mall cop wanting to know what's going on. So uh, not NSA though. So you, you've, you've, you've got me beat on that one, but uh, this isn't the only time this has happened, Patrick. Well, I've had encounters with local police, you know, municipal police, county sheriffs, uh, state police, uh, here in Arizona, if I'm near the Mexican border, Border Patrol almost always stops by. Uh, even in the Organ Pipe National Monument on the Mexican border, I've had Border Patrol, County Sheriff, and the National Park Police you know, come by just to ask what's going on. And sometimes I strike up a conversation with them because maybe an uncle or a grandfather of the uh, officer or the park ranger was a ham. And he knows something about ham radio. And one night, a Border Patrol officer asked me if I knew anything about programming a Kenwood commercial VHF radio he bought <laughs> off eBay. <laughs> and I told him, I, I, I've never used Kenwood's commercial equipment, but software for many of the radios were, you know, could be found online, programming cables. And either build one or also find them on eBay. And he was happy that I could at least point him back to, you know, online to find answers to what he was looking for. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, one of the things that I that mentioned, you know, was the whole Wimploda thing. And it, we, we really didn't get too many crazy looks that I, that I heard about at least from, from Wimploda. Uh, but I figured that would have been a prime opportunity for it. It, it could have. It, you know, for me, I was only at you know a Walmart store. You know, for the most part, I was only at a Walmart store for ten, fifteen, twenty minutes or so. Arrived before the pass, work the pass, and move on. So I wasn't loitering long enough to attract, you know. Walmart security, mall cops, or, you know, even the city police to come out and wonder what I was doing. And I was going through, I was in Phoenix and Mesa and Scottsdale, plus the Salt River Indian Reservation that's next to Scottsdale. So I was in, you know, different police jurisdictions, but 
I had no encounters with any of them on that day. I visited eight, you know, I visited nine different Walmarts and made contact from eight. Yeah, that was uh, pretty impressive. You got the, uh, the Rover award there for, for that, um, getting all those passes in, the the one weekend. Well, let's, now that's, you know, the run ins are, are few and far between, but they make good stories. So we had to, we had to put those in, but, but, uh, you know, normally, you know, we don't get too many strange looks, uh, but let, let's t- take this a little bit, uh, in a different direction. Um, uh, what would you suggest for somebody who's been operating some satellites and just doing some of the FM low earth, uh, orbit satellites and, and some of that and, now they're ready to take on maybe the linear satellites. What what are your um, suggestions for making that transition from beginning to maybe intermediate? Well, for operating, FO-29 is probably the easiest stepping stone into the linear satellites. Uh, FO-29 uses uplink on 2 meters and a downlink on 70 centimeters. And of the linear satellites, that one lends itself well to operating with a single radio like an FT-817, an FT-857, those sorts of multiband radios that are not designed for satellite, but you can operate split VFO, you know, transmit on one frequency on two meters and tune around on 70 centimeters to hear stations uh responding to your CQ or QRZ calls. Uh, from there, it usually involves getting a second radio as a downlink receiver to really do well on the other satellites where the uplink is on 70 centimeters and the downlink's on 2 meters, which could be another radio like an FT817, uh, an all-mode receiver. You know, the Kenwood THD74 does very well for single-sideband single downlinks or a software-defined receiver hooked up to a laptop or a tablet or perhaps a mobile phone with SDR software. Lots of options. All right. Well, there's some uh, some good tips on doing some of that portable operation, and uh, we want to give you a chance to call in and ask some questions. And Oh, we've got more that we can talk about, too, but uh, we, we want to give you a chance to do that. So we're going to take a break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, give you a chance to call in. The phone number is 812-638-4261, 812-NET-TAM-1. And um, we'll take your questions with Patrick right after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it? It's time to get the transceiver that is best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. See how you can make the most out of contest season with one of these transceivers. First, the ICOM IC7851, the competitive edge you've been looking for. Raise the bar and hear what others cannot with this flagship HF and 50 MHz transceiver. It has reciprocal mixing dynamic range, 
crystal clear LO design, a spectrum scope, dual receivers, and digital voice recorder. The ICOM IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants, and just in time for contesting season. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The new ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. Featuring RF direct sampling system, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digicel. And then the ICOM IC7300 is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and an SD memory card slot. Be sure to visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radio. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Hey, baby, I'd love to be in your grid square. Ham Talk Live's on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your calls. So if you have a question for Patrick, WD9EWK, give us a call. The number is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. Or you can uh, give us a call here on Skype at Ham Talk Live. Or you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live as well. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get you in here. We had, a, we had a call and it didn't go through. So we'll see if we can uh, get that. And I think we ended up losing Patrick in the process. So Patrick, you back? Okay. Very good. Yeah. Oh, he had a, had a call come in. Then all of a sudden it failed. So, okay. All right. Very good. All right. We'll get you turned back on here. And, um, so everybody can hear you. So if you have a question, give us a call. 812-638-4261, 812-NET-HAM-1. And, uh, we'll try to get that in. Now you've not only made a lot of trip. Oh, here we go. We're going to try this again. Let's see if we can get this call here. Hello. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hello. Hello. This is RJ WI7AA. I had a question for Patrick. Oh, very good. RJ. Good evening, Patrick. Hi, RJ. Hey, Patrick. Hello, RJ. I'm doing all right. Go ahead, RJ, and ask your question. Okay. You already answered one of my questions. Um, but my next one is, is I was interested in, uh, trying to get started doing APRS over ISS. And I wanted to know if using a, um, like a diamond or a comet 
uh, small whip antenna would work or how that works compared to like the arrow antenna um, on a, on a D72? The, uh, a directional antenna like an arrow or an elk would do better to make best use of the five watts from the rate from your radio. But uh, you, if you're using a mobile whip, you probably would want something closer to a quarter wave whip than one with lots of gain. Uh, with the gain okay. whips, you're losing losing some of the radiation pattern and not as much of the signal as going up toward the ISS or NO84, for example, where a quarter wave is radiating all around, including up, and you would have a better chance. But with a 5-watt radio, your arrow or an elk or a homebrew equivalent would you know, if a directional antenna would probably be a better option. Okay. Um, with the arrow, what do you, when you're doing FM, you're, you know, you kind of have that audio feedback of hearing someone. Um, are you getting a signal back that you can kind of follow easily with when you're using a directional antenna? Uh, for, for the ISS, for APRS? Correct. Yeah, you know, with that, you're getting a signal when your radio stops transmitting, you should be hearing a signal coming back from the ISS that's easy to hear. Uh, okay. NO84 is not as strong as the ISS, but uh, everything on those those two uh, digipeters is simplex, so you're either transmitting or receiving, and full duplex isn't, isn't really an option in that case. But the ISS is easy to hear. Uh, you could hear it with a rubber duck antenna, but you would do better to to be heard by using the directional antenna. Very good. Well, thank you for the uh, info, and thanks for all the help in the past, and uh, thanks for uh, another good podcast. <laughs> and thanks for your trips. Uh, I've worked you a lot in the last few months. Uh, good to hear relatively new operators take the portable operating on the road like you've done. Thanks, RJ. Well, thank you. It's been a blast. Yeah, well, right. Thank you too, RJ. I appreciate you calling in and appreciate some of the, uh, the contacts. Alrighty. Thank you, Neil. All right. Thanks a lot, RJ. 812-638-4261 is the phone number. And we also have a couple of tweets. So let's see if we can, uh, can get those in here. Uh, N6 UTC wants to know, have you sent slow scan television images through AO85 on Experimenters Wednesday and go Leighton Orient? <laughs> uh, Leighton Orient's an inside joke. It's an English soccer club, uh, not in the uh, top league. That, that he thinks I'm a supporter of. As for SSTV, I've never tra- I've never transmitted it anywhere, HF or satellite. Uh, I have tried copying it on AO85 on some occasions, and when the ISS has had the SSTV activities, uh, I will copy and decode the pictures, but I've not transmitted it myself. All right, very good. And uh, let's see, Brett, WI7BG says... Be sure to mention BarkFest in Logamont, Colorado this weekend. Big swap meet. So, yeah, uh, we've got uh, the Hoosier Hills uh, Ham Fest down in Bedford uh, coming up, Bedford, Indiana, this weekend. And uh, so, yeah, we can't get them all in, but we, we got that one in, Brett. So there you go. 
and um, <laughs> WI4T. I had a solid copy in EM27. Okay, very good. Well, we've got some uh, some tweets in here. Let's see. I think we're caught up on those. So 812-638-4261 is the phone number. If you'd like to call in, we have the line open now. So give us a call. And uh, where I was headed uh, before we got the call was uh, not only have you traveled um, in the United States and in North America, but you've actually traveled to australia and and uh, as well as mexico and canada to do some satellite contacts so talk a little bit about the the trip to australia and and one thing that i'm wondering is you know we talked about the law enforcement stuff uh how do you how did you deal with packing the gear and getting the gear uh onto the plane and and getting through all the security and and all that kind of thing well the rate the radios i carry the radios in an old laptop bag, you know, the two FT-817s, handhelds, and other accessories that I can take onto a plane go in that bag. And then my antenna and anything else that's not suitable for the passenger cabin goes in a check suitcase. And going to Australia was no problem with, with the equipment. Australia had just joined the European CEPT licensing system in 2010 so that meant i could operate there without applying for an australian license and call sign you know that had just started in the months before i went there myself so operating was simple the airport was was nothing they they didn't even x-ray my bags that i carried through customs they just looked at me and waved me through and uh, I proceeded to operate from a few locations around Melbourne and a couple of places around Sydney while I was in Australia in 2011. Okay, very good. 812-638-4261 is the phone number. Um, and then what about uh, getting across the border uh, at Mexico? And, uh, of course, you've got your Canadian license, so that probably helps a little bit there. Actually, I've never had to show you know, ham licenses going into Canada or Mexico. Uh, the Canadians, uh, I've offered to show them my licenses at the bo- at the border crossings, and they're they're not interested. You know, I have been pulled aside for secondary inspection, and they'll see the the radio gear. But when I tell them I'm an amateur radio operator licensed you know, in Canada and in the U.S., that's been the the extent of my interaction about radio. Once I get away from the border, I've never had any problems operating around Ontario or British Columbia other than the electrical noise on the power lines in Ontario. They are noisy. Uh, British Columbia, I even drove up and down Vancouver Island for part of a trip in 2010. I spent several days on the island and then several days driving from Vancouver to other parts of British Columbia operating and sightseeing and and that was fun. Never had an encounter with Mounties or local police or anything law enforcement in Canada. Mexico, same thing, except there I've, I've operated when Mexican Army patrols have gone by. And the soldiers, if they do anything, it's just a wave as they are passing by in their vehicles. They don't even bother to stop seeing a car from the U.S. with 
people holding antennas playing radio out in the middle of a dry lake bed. Well, maybe they know what I'm doing, but you know, never a problem. And getting across the border, I haven't done that in a few years in Mexico because I can't get a permit in Mexico anymore as a foreigner, so I haven't bothered taking equipment across in many years. Okay, very good. 812-638-4261 is the phone number, or you can tweet us or at HamTalkLive on Twitter. We have a few minutes left with Patrick this evening, so if you have a question about portable operations, you know, give us a call at 812-638-4261. So we, we talked a little bit about uh, the Walmart parking lots on the air when Ploda uh, and you were able to manage nine different sites, I believe, uh, during the first uh, Wimploda weekend. Uh, did you come up with a, a certain strategy for, for getting all those in? Uh, the strategy was looking at passes and having the Walmart store locator map up in a browser and engaging the, the time between passes versus the distances between stores. And then that's how I was able to make my big loop through Phoenix, where I didn't have as many passes in the mid-morning, but by midday, I had passes coming, you know, several of them, one right after the other, you know, within like 20, 30, 40 minutes. So, you know, I just planned it so I was out in the east end of the Phoenix metropolitan area, where on one street, there's a Walmart store every two miles. So I knew I could, you know, make that drive in a few minutes, get set up and wait for the next pass. Uh, and I just ran out of stations to work on the ninth pass. It was a very low pass in Phoenix, and only Californians would have been in the footprint, except nobody was there. Otherwise, I would have had nine contacts from nine different stores that morning and afternoon. But it was fun. You know, it, yeah, it was roving it was. like I've done around the desert or in Cal, you know, California, Nevada, New Mexico, except I'm doing it within metropolitan Phoenix. You know, same ideas, just, you know, going, you know, going much more rapidly between spots instead of spending a couple of hours in any one place. Well, it was fun watching you, uh, go from, from one to another. And, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a fun event. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> Well, we'll do that again someday. 812-638-4261 is the phone number. And I hope I'm not putting you on the spot here because uh, this is not something we discussed. But uh, I know that uh, Fox 1 Cliff is is ready to go. So uh, what do you know about uh, the new bird that's getting ready to um, go up? Well, Fox 1 Cliff is essentially a twin of AO92 with you know, the FM repeater. It also has the optional 1.2 gigahertz uplink that AMSAT can command on, and I believe there's a camera on it too. Uh, the main difference for the FM repeater is the automatic frequency control. The AFC circuit is not present on Fox 1 Cliff, so stations will need to tune the uplink to Fox 1 Cliff from start to finish and not you know, rely on the AFC circuit to reduce the tuning work 
know, for the uplink. Otherwise, it should sound just like working AO91, AO92, AO85, uh, and hopefully hear very well you know, those of us on the ground using the portable equipment, low power, and so on. So what I read was that Jerry's uh, turned it over to be launched, and now we're just got to sit back and, and wait for a rocket. We just have to wait for the launch, and once launched, you know, wait for stations on the ground to hear it transmit. It's usually, you know, 30 to 60 minutes after it's deployed from the launcher, and then AMSAT will do its testing to verify that everything is working uh, before opening it up to the rest of us to use. AMSAT's had good practice with that in the last couple of years, and you know, like with AO92, there is a lot to test with Fox One Cliff. The the FM repeater with the different uplinks, the camera uh, should be fun. All right. Well, we'll look forward to it whenever uh, they can get that one launched. Uh, we'll we'll definitely be watching for it. All right. Well, we're just about out of time here. Let's check the Twitter here and see if we uh, have missed anything. I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, I think we're about to finish up here this evening. But uh, if you have a last-minute question, give us a call at 812-638-4261. And, yeah, Patrick, if uh, you've got something else that you need to throw in here, go right ahead. Sure. Sure. Uh, out here, since it's so hot in the desert in the summertime, most of the ham fests start up in the fall. And I will do my thing going out to ham fests around Arizona starting late in October, uh, where I will have an AMSAT booth or table and I'll do demonstrations. And the first one of those is on the 27th of October in Maricopa, which is south of Phoenix, uh, uh the Maricopa Amateur Radio Association has their COPA Fest then. But I also want to mention that on December 15th, we just you know, just got clearance for this. Uh, I and a couple of others will be operating satellites from the deck of the Queen Mary in Long Beach uh, using the Queen Mary's amateur called W6RO on the 15th of December. Uh, we'll be operating FM, single side band. If the packet digipeters are available, uh, we'll be making contacts through the ISS or NO84 or FalconSat3 using the W6RO call. Long Beach is in grid DM03, which isn't terribly rare, but uh, W6RO hasn't been on satellites very much for a long time. And this will be an all-portable operation out on one of the decks uh, oh, on that Saturday. Good. Very good. That one of my favorite QSL cards from when I was a kid was was from them. Um, got them on HF, and um, it was a, a pretty impressive card at the time. So I'm I'm well familiar with uh, with the Queen Mary out there. So congratulations on getting that uh, squared away, and uh, look forward to hearing you from out there. And hope to hear you and others too. Uh, I operated from the Queen Mary's wireless room when they still had the satellite equipment installed in 2016, was it? Uh, made three contacts on a single AO7 pass, but this is, intending, this is intended to be a day-long activity on that Saturday, working whatever passes are available uh, in the different modes, uh, all done portable, you know, 
and with thanks to the Associated Radio Amateurs of Long Beach who operate the radio room on the Queen Mary and the Queen Mary uh, management for allowing this to happen. Yeah, always uh, nice to have those opportunities and uh, great to hear about that one coming up on December 15th, correct? That's correct. Okay, very good. Well, we're going to wrap things up here tonight, but uh, Patrick, thanks so much for coming on, taking some time to uh, to give us some uh, traveling stories on your portable operations and some uh, uh, tips on how to, to do some of that. And uh, we, we hope that you're, you're not stopped by the mall cops again. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably wishful thinking, but thanks. all right well that's a wrap for this week's edition of ham talk live thanks to patrick stoddard wd9 ewk and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and uh, invite you back next thursday night at 9 p.m eastern time jim wilson k5nd and bill stearns ne4rd will be here to talk about the 2018 jamboree on the air and for a list of all of our upcoming guests just go to hamtalklive.com and click on the show schedule link. And if you like the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That helps others find us a little faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the grid square be yours. Don't, 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 don't,